0: You're now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Hey, everybody, welcome to Sound of Sanity, the simple sound of sanity. Forget about your worry and your pain. It's the sound of sanity, the simple sound of sanity. Just listen once and you won't be insane. Hey, it's me. I think you wrote that last week. No, but I've done similar things before. We did it for the communism
1: episode, right? It had different lyrics.
0: Yeah, the sound of, I think we did.
1: That was like two
0: months ago when we recorded that. (laughs) All right, well, speaking speaking of which, folks, you have already heard, because you are a listener of our show, which is, I guess, the only reason why you would have heard anything that we do. Um, True. <laughs> you have heard... We traffic in the truth on the show. We do traffic in the truth. <laughs> you have heard Communism Part 1. Uh, Understanding Marxism Part 1. I think you've heard it. And depending on when this drops, Understanding Marxism Part 2 might still be in your future. I don't know. We'll see. But we decided we wanted to, you know, give you... We, we, we don't just traffic in the truth. We traffic in the most up-to-date truth... That we possibly can. Right, fellas? As of right now, we do. We want our truth <laughs> yeah. to be relevant of the moment. So by the time you listen to this podcast, it's
2: no good. Just fast forward the rest because it's a week at least out of date.
0: <laughs> that's, a, that's exactly right, Ben. <laughs> We're making trash that <laughs> will burn in the ovens of the future. <laughs> hey. We, want, we had some thoughts about the election. You can listen to our sort of, sort of preliminary thoughts that we recorded before the results were even tallied. Preliminary. Yeah. L- preliminarily-ishly tallied. but this is our more considered take. I guess just for posterity, we should say what, when we're doing this, we're doing this. Biden has been declared by The Washington Post and New York Times. The, the whole
2: Associated Press. Yes,
0: The lamestream media has declared Biden. The winner, President Trump, of course, not happy about that, taking various legal actions in Pennsylvania and other places. And
1: promising that he's got stuff coming that's going to blow it all wide open.
0: Yeah. And the media Illuminati laugh. They scoff at the very idea. But we'll see. Maybe by the time you've heard this, President Trump has blown up, blown well, it
1: open. I, they actually have gone from scoffing and saying there's no voter fraud to saying, well, there's, of course, some fraud, but it's not consequential to saying that, well, even if it is consequential, like at this point, you know, really pursuing the truth of the matter is actually upsetting legal process.
0: It's downright undemocratic, the it's, it's
1: undemocratic, right? And it's, it's, under, it's undermining the electoral process and overturning the rule of law by pursuing <laughs> the law. And it's dividing the, courts, the nation. And it's dividing, it's the, nation. dividing the nation. And so
0: it's downright. It's downright undemocratic <laughs> to figure out what exactly the people wanted and <laughs> voted for. Exactly. <laughs> 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 yeah, you might be depending on when you're you might be listening to this in the year three thousand and forty-five <laughs> on your Zlarpadorian communications brainwave system. Yeah. <laughs> Different than the Zerpedorians who are fought by Ollie Ollie radio. Radio. <laughs> Jake, I believe you're referring to the Zorpadorians. Oh, oh. <laughs> Boy, do you have egg on your face. Got uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Nathan. I'm your humble and obedient host. That's Ben, associate producer of the show. Hi, Ben. Hi, Nathan. That's Jake. He's the pastor who's a master of political theater and engagement. Oh, that's me. Here's, here's where I want to start, because we're going to talk about the election and uh, about Christian engagement with politics in general. I think that's where this episode's headed, just so as you know. I want to start with something that made me feel insane. During this entire election cycle, it's made me feel insane. And this is the kind of thing that happens every four years, and it happens regarding other events when things are divisive or when there's a lot of different, different opinions floating around in the social media spheres. You will see Christians from different stripes. You'll see Reformed Christians. You'll see mainstream evangelical Christians. You'll see, you'll see all kinds. And, and they'll tweet something like this No matter who you voted for, Jesus is king. On the more reformed side, I've been seeing things like, My election happened in <laughs> ages past oh. and it's un- incontrovertible. Wow. Been seeing that one. Been seeing, remember, whether you love Biden or you're a crazy person that voted for Trump, Jesus is really king. But I just keep seeing that tweet or that Facebook message, or that Instagram post. I see it all the time, different people's versions of that. It makes me feel crazy. This show is about Christian sanity and about dealing with the things living in our culture today that make us feel insane. And that tweet, personally, makes me feel insane. And I think it's because I'm caught between two things. I mean, on some fundamental philosophical theological level, I agree with the premise behind such a tweet. Jesus is king. The king of heaven does laugh. Political schemes are laughable things, as Samuel Johnson said. Was it Samuel Johnson who said, all schemes of political improvement, sir. Oh, schemes
2: of political improvement are laughable, I tell you. And then it was something unrepeatable. It it came (laughs) after that.
1: Oh, that was Samuel Jackson. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) What an amazing Samuel Jackson impersonation. (laughs) And a terrible Samuel Johnson one. (laughs) Not my best of either.
0: Oh, man. It was like Samuel Jackson (laughs) was in this (laughs) room. room. (laughs) All right. Well, Hold on to your butts, folks, as our <laughs> our show continues, <laughs> as we delve deeper into this issue. No, it was not Samuel L. Jackson that said that quote. It was Samuel Johnson, the great Samuel L. Johnson. Or not. <laughs> did I say Samuel L. Johnson? <laughs> you did. Oh, man, I suck. <laughs> That's like, I, my brain always turns it into Miley Ray Cyrus. So I, I'm caught between this, like, I basically agree with the premise of this tweet. I agree that Christians are supposed to live quiet lives, honor the king. We have much bigger, more cosmic things to do with than politics. I I agree with it. And yet, those tweets always make me feel really bad because I'm like, it really matters whether Biden or Trump. That's going to make a big difference to my life and to how things work and to my freedoms. And you know, there's a reason people were up in arms about this, cause the one candidate re- represents the one thing and the other candidate represents something a lot different than the first thing. And so I have feelings about this. And these tweets seem to want to invalidate the fact.
2: More like, it's almost like they're stoic or something. Like as in ancient
0: Greek stoicism, just like, don't let stuff bother you, float along. Yeah, there's something very zen about it. And yet, I agree with the premise, so... Nathan, sounds like what you're saying is that, on the one hand, Jesus is king. That's the most important hand.
2: But on the other hand, there's truth and lies at play. And it seems like we shouldn't dismiss matters of public truth and public lies and pretend that they're not going to still affect us and our lives as citizens.
0: I mean, so I'll make a small point about this to start with, I guess, which is that Twitter is a very blunt instrument. And I can imagine a person who needs to be told, chill out, Jesus is king. And that tweet is probably, to be charitable to some of the people that wrote those tweets, probably they had congregations or they knew people or they were thinking of people who needed to hear like, hey, slow your roll, Jesus is king. It's hard for a single tweet to hit all the groups because there might be other people who are tempted to be apathetic or who just don't know how to engage or who just feel regular tensions like i'm sort of trying to represent in my setup for the episode today and the tweet can feel pretty oppressive to them
1: in our last episode we talked about the fact that jesus is king we talked about mourning what's happening and we tried to hold that intention with controlling the things that we can control right there's a reality that we're facing potentially with Biden being elected that we don't want to paper over and we don't want to have a trite click our heels together, lick our lollipops, and say, Yay, Jesus is king. We want to mourn that reality because we live in the tension of it. And it, the fight's not over. So, we're not pretending like the fight's over. We didn't know how anything was going to be. We recorded that episode the day after the election. And so, all kinds of stuff was floating around. And Well, with uh, the idea that, well, while all this is up in the air and we don't know what's happening, we control the things that you can control.
0: Well, so Jake, that feels like... It gives me a macro, and it gives me a micro I'm not sure it gives yeah. me, it gives me a micro. like I know the things I can control, my family, my finance, whatever. You know, I'm yeah. going to work hard at make, making a podcast today. That's me, Nathan's, controlling what I can control. I'm going to work right. well with Ben and J- uh, Jake. OK, I know how to do that. Macro. Jesus is king. By the Holy Spirit's help, I enter into that. I understand Jesus is king. That's great. Big picture. I'm going to be okay. Jesus is coming back.
1: In he- big picture, Jesus is king is actually kind of scary about this whole thing. Because what we're actually dealing with is the current state of his judgment on our country.
0: Right. But it's not scary for me because even if they bury me in a cardboard box and set it on in fire, which I, I, is my most feared form of persecution for the purposes of yeah. this episode. <laughs> you go to be with Jesus. I go to be with Jesus. So macro, true macro. Big, 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 big picture. I can rest in that. I actually yeah. don't have to worry. I can be a little, dare I say, Zen because Jesus is king and I am one of his followers. I'm not one of the people who are going to stand under his judgment by Christ's blood. I win. He wins. Yeah.
1: And there's nothing that they can do to you, no matter how bad it gets. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can hurt you. They can kill you. They can catch you up. They can put you in a cardboard box and light it on fire. Right. But you still win. And those are precious truths that are worth holding on to and reminding ourselves. And I don't
0: mean to be trite about that or trite about the truth that on a micro scale, every day I go to work, I do my job, I kiss my wife. Now, having said that, there is this, what's the, what's, is there a phrase for the thing? It's not the excluded middle, but it's what kind of what what you want to say it is. Mm -hmm. There's a macro, a micro, and a, a crow. I guess <laughs> it's like, what do we do with the crow? Like all this grace, the the space in between of okay, but yeah, but <laughs> question mark question mark. What do we do with that?
2: I have you know, I have a neighbor who's a much more liberal Christian, and I don't assume that he likes Trump at all. But he's open having a conversation, and so that's one point of of the crow, isn't it? Like I'm going to talk with my neighbor. What am I going to say about this stuff? You
0: I think know? I think that's a specific application of the crow. Yeah, but, well, but yes. we need a principle. We need a guiding light to get us get us through the crow.
1: Okay, so I mean, I even put that more back in the realm of control of things you can you can control, right? That's talking. That's loving your neighbor and talking who's
0: physically next door to you and talking to him about. Like maybe many of us are scared or don't know how to do it, but we all basically. No, we should.
2: Well, okay, I, I, guess, I guess all I'm saying, maybe this is really trite, but that involves me knowing about the sphere of like truth and what's happening. And to some extent, what the media are saying, and I th- if I think something is a lie, I have to, in order to have a, There's a bunch coherent of conversation with him, if, if that stuff comes up. Yeah, For, for me to have something to, to engaged, say, right. I
0: have to be engaged in the crow, even, even if that's just a peripheral. Or yeah, make a conscious is... choice to say, neighbor, the only thing that matters is mi- macro. That's and so right. micro, I'm that's telling right. you about macro and that's you just right. shut that's up right. about crow. That's right. Yeah. That, that actually is the other choice. And, and Christians do that. I mean, I think sure. probably we've all done that. And maybe Ooh. sometimes there's some neighbors that need that. That yeah. need that. Or there's some neighbors where, you, I mean, I think
2: the more common way than that would be just avoid it. Just totally avoid the crow. Cause yeah. you know,
1: it's not gonna get you anywhere. Well, when the crow becomes idolatrous, then that's the time.
0: <laughs> I love this. I love this. <laughs> that's an awesome phrase. I want artwork folks. I want that on when a t-shirt. When, when the crow becomes I, okay, idolatrous. So listen, here,
1: here, here's the problem. Okay. When that middle space, that political sphere that is too big for you to have any meaningful impact on and too small to be elevated to the level of God becomes and stands in the place of God, then that's when you engage with people on that level of mm-hmm. shut up. That's well, right. I'm not even going to talk to you about this because what we're actually talking about here is idolatry. Right. That's right. Right. And that is the place in which a lot of people that you get consumed with that, that middle space, with the political sphere, that is what's actually going on with them is a bunch of idolatry. But the problem is when you oppose that kind of idolatry, it sounds an awful lot like uh, waving a white flag mm-hmm. and calling for a retreat. And part of the tension that people are feeling is very few people right now really wanna be waving the white flag of retreat mm-hmm. and saying Jesus is king and saying control what you control. can control sounds like waving the white flag of defeat, retreating. And we're tired mm-hmm. of the liberals being aggressors and on the attack. And we're tired of conservatives retreating into personal reflection, allowing that attack to come and taking personal responsibility for things without talking about- Social know, er-
2: responsibility.
0: Yeah. It, everything else that's going on. And on top of that, you have one other place of tension that I think the three of us feel, which is then you have people who whose business is to deal with, I guess we'll just keep calling it the crow- they, do it at, they, they either do it at the expense of the macro, you know, we all know the young man that's just into politics and yep. he's not actually bringing God into, he's making mm-hmm. an idol of it. Or what's more, what's more often true is they do it at the expense of the micro, micro you know, exactly. the, the Facebook warriors that are out there talking about social justice. And if
1: they would spend, if they would spend half a fraction of the energy that they spend on their Facebook warrior, we're gonna talk, 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 talk about this. If they spent a fraction of that energy on fighting their lust, fighting their sin, uh, becoming a better person, a more godly person, and a better citizen, a better neighbor, the world would be a better place. Right. They would actually accomplish much, much more. Mm -hmm. Now deal with your sin, build the church, love your neighbor.
0: In real life. And I think personally, I find that type of person so obnoxious and hard to deal with that it's very tempting for me to just stop talking about the excluded middle, the crow, whatever you want to call it, altogether. Because it's like, well, what we really need to be doing is caring about the things we can control and calling people to Jesus. And what's just so obnoxious is people that don't do either one of those things because they're warriors for social justice or something like that
1: or
2: warriors for a good conservative cause for that matter
0: and so i I wrongly in reaction to that want to throw it all in the garbage like why would anybody engage with with social justice with
1: why would anybody vote which has been your position for yeah yeah i mean this election yeah
0: i voted this election this is the first time you know before that it was just like why do it i can't make a difference and you know I was wrong, but I don't think you know yourself very well if you can't sympathize with me a little bit at least. Like, yeah, come on, who doesn't just feel like anything I would do would be a drop in the Atlantic Ocean? Yep, and who cares? It's it's a choice of evils, you know. The choice was an unproven Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton back in two thousand sixteen. I mean, what kind of a choice is that? Yep. And before that, it was these weird, wacko, moderate really? We're supposed to take the contest between Al Gore and George Bush? Seriously? These guys are just two heads of the same right. political dragon. Neither one of them is going to accomplish anything.
1: Bah, 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 bah. So then you come back to, okay, so where does the rubber meet the road in terms of Christians and politics or the civil sphere? Ooh. And it's, it's got to be more than voting and then whining every four years or mm-hmm. every two years. It's also been something that we've not wanted to talk about because we've tended to focus on the many, many people we see who want to make their whole life about wringing their hands Mm -hmm. about the political situation while they need to grow up and actually deal with their stuff. Love their wives, love their kids, or get married, or actually become a good, productive member of society, get a job, like, mm-hmm. you know, do something.
0: Well, and I think we on yeah. Sound of Sanity really do believe, what do you do? You think global, act local. Yeah. That's yep. what, I think yep. we believe, like, if, if more young men stopped looking at porn, that would do a whole lot more for our political crisis than mm-hmm. young men posting on Facebook. I mean, I think we genuinely well, yeah. believe that, of yep. course.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I can, well, I'm just going to go back to angst, like what you're talking about, your cynicism about voting and stuff. I mean, I grew up in a conservative home and knew the antithesis between conservative and liberal, and I knew I was a conservative, but I never listened to talk radio or followed the news. I remain like super oblivious to the most important national things Mm -hmm. and not out of a principle of like feeling cynical, but more like just because I thought some Christians make their whole life about this and it seems to suck people in and I don't like that. And moreover, I'm lazy and I don't want to do the work of knowing how to relate to the crow. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Uh, and so I had I had just got a gut feeling about things, but I couldn't have discussed any matter of current news fact, political happening with anyone
0: in an intelligent way. I didn't know. I didn't really want to know. Well, I was reading somewhere. The other thing that enters into that for me or has historically is I was reading somebody who said, never forget that it's the radicals who make history. And so if you're reading about Galileo, you need to remember all the people who thought that universe is geocentric. You know, it's easy to focus on Martin Luther and think about how inevitable what he did seems, but you need to under you need first you need to understand the world that he came out of, which I guess sounds really 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 obvious, but you t- start to take it to like the philosophical realm or something like that and you understand that someone like Descartes was a radical thinker. He did not represent or, or someone like Thoreau writing Walden or something like that. These these men did not represent what the mass of humanity was talking about or thinking about, which is why they were interesting and why they made history. But in a similar sense, the people that tend to become the representative voices of these causes are naturally the loudest and the most obnoxious. So when Ben says he feels angst and doesn't want to listen to conservative radio, it's like well, who wants to listen to Rush Limbaugh? I mean, who? Why does that have to be our voice? And then on the liberal side, why do these slimy, effeminate schoolmarm kind of lecturing voices—the the NPR voice or the. It's like yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, how how often in my just in my life had I seen that zeal
2: for politics on either side of the line, conservative or liberal, um, among so-called Christians and people I knew were actual Christians, did not seem to lead to personal godliness or usefulness in the church. I just saw that, even if I couldn't articulate it. So why did I want to get
1: into the morass? So. All this stuff is happening out there, but then you come back to, okay, but what am I supposed to actually do about that? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to tweet about it? Like, I'm in Indiana. Maybe if I lived in Philadelphia, and maybe some listeners live in Philadelphia, and there's some actual boots on the ground, things that they can do. But I don't know. I mean, I think it's hard. I think it's hard, and I think it's messy to figure out what to do or how to live in that space. Mm -hmm. And that's why we tend to, when it comes to these sorts of things, come down on, well, that part of it's messy. But what we know we can do and what we know we ought to be doing is trusting God, preparing for the future, and controlling the things we can control. Mm-hmm. And that can always sound like a trite, lame excuse, but easy way out. Of a retreat. Mm-hmm. A retreat. To the degree that that's all we want to say, maybe it, it just is a retreat.
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: But at the same time, okay. There's the middle. What what are you gonna do?
0: Well, there's the middle. What are you gonna do, Jake?
1: Let's attack that crow. Let's bring it down. (laughs) (laughs) Again, it really depends on your place in it, Mm -hmm. right? Should we have Christians actually engaged in politics? Yes, absolutely. I have a good friend that is a lawyer that worked in state government at the highest levels under both Mitch Daniels, our governor, and. Mike Pence when he Mm -hmm. was our governor and he was invited to join the Trump administration in DC, he declined. He was a vital part of representing truth, fighting for uh, Christian principles in our, in our state government on the state level. Mm -hmm. That's good. We need people like that who are willing to engage in local politics and state politics and even federal politics and, you have people like that potentially in your churches that are gifted that way. You know, if you're a pastor, it's your job to uh, shape and form the moral character of those people and help them and give them wisdom and counsel as they try to navigate that process.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not everybody's called to that sort of thing, and that's okay.
2: But, in gener- but I think, so, I mean, again, to go back to my kind of broader point of crow application, it, you have to know truth and lies you see them to some extent. Even if you're not going to immerse yourself in all the AM talk shows or whatever, in NPR, you have to have a way of processing truth and lies and care
1: about it to some extent.
0: Are we taking it for granted that every Christian should be informed on this stuff?
1: Yes and no. I I think that um, not everybody needs to be equally informed on this stuff. To the degree to which you're able to have some influence Mm -hmm. and the degree to which you're surrounded by people who are consumed with these thoughts and questions and right now that's pretty much everybody right you need to do the work of being informed i
0: want to well, say it's this, borderline irresponsible not to be informed well right okay,
2: now l- l- let me tie it to a specific command of scripture which is pray for those in authority you have to have at least a little information a little sense of truth and lies and what's going on to pray with any knowledge
0: of your leaders yeah, I mean, there are some Christians so who- So there's some like base level of, even if that's yeah. very little. But well, what about social media? Should people just pull back and shut up? I think
1: it's a case by case kind of question, mm-hmm. right? Is the Twitter warrior out there blustering like an idiot? Mm-hmm. Well, obviously I've set it up in such a way that he should probably just shut up, right? right. But at the same time, there are precious few ways to ha- actually have your voice be heard. Mm-hmm. V- voting is one of them, but actually- Social being, media is another. Social media is another. It's- the closest, one of the closest things we have to a public square where you can say what you think. And it, there's a reason why uh, Facebook and Twitter are actively censoring people mm-hmm. now. It's because communication is powerful. A bunch of people standing up and even looking like a crowd of people is a threat to, if you. <laughs> it's a threat to the lie. If a, there are a bunch of people standing up and fighting and just saying out loud, I wanna hear the truth. Mm-hmm. I wanna learn the truth you don't have to be out there baselessly saying i know that there is fraud in these in each and every one of these cases that have been suggested when you don't really know what you are looking at but you can do your part to look into things you can do your part to just simply say hey i i think we deserve to know the truth and we ought to know the truth like there's a place for that to say hey i think we need i just need to not be part of playing into the illusion that silence means I'm pro Biden and only right wing nut jobs are out jabbering right now.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so, does this, I, I have to ask, in the, in the continuity of Sound of Sanity, does this represent us pulling back on what we said about engaging on Facebook in Sound of Sanity Mach 2,
0: maybe? In order to answer that, I'd have to remember what we said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what we said there was that Facebook is like a tavern, it is a noisy space full of different colorful uh, <laughs> characters. And everybody's and, yelling. And everybody's yelling. And you need to be strategic and realize that's what it is and use it accordingly. We never said, don't use it. Yeah. We said, if, you, if 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 the tavern's the place to post, hey, I'm offering guitar lessons, then of course, what, what are you going to do? Post it on the wall in your house where nobody walks past? Like, go to the tavern, idiot. We said that and we said, you can enter there are ways to have arguments on Facebook. There are ways to communicate on Facebook. You just have to know what you're dealing with and-, and what the
1: context is and so standing up on on Facebook and having an argument with Aunt Susie in front of the watching world that doesn't take into account your personal relationship with Aunt Susie may be a really bad and dumb thing depending on what you're arguing about
0: or triggering an argument between your Semiotics professor at IU or at your local liberal university, and Aunt Susie, your conservative MAGA hat wearing aunt, who never would have encountered each other in real life, and you're suddenly creating this. And who you would talk to either of them in very different ways, very different faithful ways. Yes, actually, and suddenly you're triggering this collision, this artificial sci-fi collision between these two characters Mm -hmm. that have suddenly Mm -hmm. been put in put in the same cyberspace. That's ridiculous. Have some wisdom. Have some discernment. Don't make that happen. Stop it when it does. (laughs) Well, but you can't stop it if you're going to post about
2: something political right now. That sci-fi collision is always going to happen because there's people in your family and in the. So
1: that's why that this that's why this is an individual decision to make. Mm -hmm. That's why it's a case by case decision to make. It's something that you have to decide.
0: Oh, I can't post because Aunt Susie. I mean, I think that. Or
1: I need to frame this post in a certain way because Mm -hmm. of. Aunt Susie and the semiotics. Where did you pull that one from? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was <laughs> um, it. Or now is a time to actually decide. I don't care. Mm-hmm. What's at stake is too big for me to care about. Where the collision between Aunt Susie and my semi- semiotics professor <laughs> at Purdue.
0: Ben and Ben and Jake are both so. <laughs> Disdainful. <laughs> no, I love you, semiotics professor. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with what's wrong with Harold? <laughs> he teaches us great things about semiotics. Because um, um, there, there are and should be times. Yeah, uh, but here's an idea: put three seconds of thought into making a decision with a little wisdom and discernment instead right. of just I feel something. Ah! even make a mistake you know there's something noble about making a mistake that took three seconds of thought about making an intentional intentional mistake. There's something really stupid about just making a stupid mistake yeah,
1: unthinking and I'm I'm discerning.
0: De- the other thing that's self a little bit self defeating about social media, but hopefully less and less this is true. old people don't use social media. I think that's a shame, and I think one of the things that I keep thinking as we have this conversation is. I just want to hear more from old people, and I wish that there was more space for them. And maybe that's like just a silly idealistic sort of thing. But I get so tired of hearing 20-year-olds tell me what I need to think about politics, theology, life, and everything else. I want to hear from people who are older than me. Like Thomas Sowell.
1: (laughs) Well. You know, I, I was talking to a guy the other day and he went to this like event for area pastors down in Evansville. Mm-hmm. And the pastor or the person, the speaker was talking about how it's time for millennials to start instructing boomers and Gen Xers about uh, how the world yeah, works. Puts up, puts
0: my teeth on edge.
1: This is wicked, right? Like that idea of, and you see this sort of thing happening in, in various places, like, you know. Well, the boomers screwed it, uh, screwed it all up. You, you see it on both sides, right? You see at the liberal side. It's like the boomers and the Gen Xers screwed it all up and gave us this system of, or this world of systemic racism. We need to tear it all down. Mm-hmm. And the boomers and the Gen Xers screwed this all up and gave us a world of debauchery and whiny victim cultural Marxism. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact is you can't have a, an approach to, to reformation that simply is, I. it all starts over with me. I'm great, I'm good. I've got an angle on this and I need to throw everybody else
0: out the window here. And this certainly isn't just a liberal thing. This happens on our side of the aisle, with especially with reformed Christians all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, the lame big Eva is stupid. Now I've figured it out. I know how to do church. I know how to do politics. Everything that came before was dumb. Right, I mean, everything that came before is dumb, is the credo of so much of conservative Christianity.
1: It is that simple rudimentary lie that progress is the goal of society. And because I am in, na- in the now, have progressed mm-hmm. beyond those who have come before me. Ipso facto, by virtue of the fact that I am now. So I can cast off tradition, I can cast off, you know, we want to talk about democracy. Chesterton has a great quote about the democracy of the dead, Mm. right? The people who've, who've come before us. And the people who've come before us have made lots of mistakes. We are in a mess now because of the mistakes of previous generations. But that doesn't mean that those previous generations haven't learned better from their mistakes at this point than we have and can't help us and talk to us and show us things. And it doesn't mean that we don't then go back further. Mm-hmm. Right. And further and further and dig deeper. All things that we have to do besides just sort of mindlessly casting everybody else off around us and saying, we'll figure it out for ourselves. Thank you. Right. Because inevitably, what happens, and, you know, I was talking to another pastor who planted a church. He said, I recognize that none of the churches in the area had community and fellowship and discipleship. So we were going to plant a church that had community and fellowship and discipleship. Problem was, uh, none of us had ever seen or experienced it. And so within a few years time, we just reverted to the norm without even realizing it. Mm -hmm. It just didn't go down deep enough. We thought we were going to start from scratch. We were stupid. We should never have done that.
0: The other thing about agent experience is that agent experience tends to moderate you and give you empathy. And that's so much of what's lacking in our public discourse right now. I mean, a young person is the kind of person who's like, the world is ending because my daddy won't let me go to the party. You know, yep. And that synd- that symptom is all of Twitter, all of Facebook, all of public discourse right now. It's just the world is ending because Joe Biden might be president. The world is ending because Donald Trump. You know, that's just that's everybody on all sides.
1: And do you have any kind of strength or? in in the Lord or confidence or settledness about you, well, it must be because you're apathetic, you don't care, you're cynical, you're stupid, you're lazy, and certainly not because you have anything like actual maturity in Mm -hmm. your approach in response to this sort of thing.
2: Yeah, so there's not any respect then is what you're saying for the old, for those with
0: wisdom, for those who have moderated their Yeah, for those who have learned, not fake like Joe Biden loves farmer's moderation not not that kind of like faux moderate moderate quality Mm -hmm. that we see so much of but for people who have actually taken hard knocks taken stands had hurt people had to modify them learn from their mistakes
1: well i mean if you don't uh, enter uh, into my existential panic and angst in the moment then you clearly don't understand everything that's going on you mm -hmm. clearly don't get it oh you are just a callous, cold-hearted, lazy, cynical jerk who wants to paper
0: over everything. Hey, it's not just politics, right? It's, it's yeah. the whole sexuality movement that's going on right now. It's like, where are the... Vo- there's so many voices that are like, if we don't figure out how to get women back in the kitchen, it's a Well,
2: On the other side, you have the red pill guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're spitting in the face of everyone who's come before them.
0: And I, I feel like... But either way, there's no... <sighs> all right, guys, now here's how we do it. I've been there. I've raised a family. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's how our society is, is that one of our pastor's favorite
2: things to remind us of, which is always somehow fresh because we're living in it and we forget that we're living in it, is that we're a society of rebels and that we hate those those in authority. But like what Jake was saying about the church planter, we lack models. We lack respect for those models that we do have. And then we lack the connection to the models that we need.
1: Yeah, you get all kinds of weirdnesses as, as, as people try to figure things out for themselves without the model, and reject while rejecting the the good and the models that they and the bad models that they do have.
2: So what we're talking about is fatherhood now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. We're just talking about fatherhood. Well, and so, I, I which think... is the fundamental problem. Yeah, it is a bunch of people running around, fatherless people running around. wanting to blame everybody else for not being a father to them. Wherever they're placing the blame, they're placing it there.
0: And that's both sides of the aisle, right? It's not just the
1: liberals. Absolutely. And so it really does come down to a crisis of fatherhood. Mm -hmm. And so we should be able to say, and part of the reason why we feel tension about saying it or trying to say it, we should be able to say calmly, steadily, Jesus is king, control what you can control, engage with things as best as you can, And that should feel sane. It should feel strong. But what we have is a bunch of ninnies running around saying, Jesus is king. And a bunch of ninnies running around saying, "Uh, who cares? Whatever. Don't do. I don't bother. Uh." Mm -hmm. A bunch of other people saying, everything is terrible and going to hell in a handbag. Things are bad. Mm -hmm. And things are going from bad to worse. Right. But if I don't match your pitch, then, I I somehow don't don't care or don't get it.
0: That mm-hmm. that is taking us back to the our, the jumping off point of this episode. That is, I think, so much of what intrinsically bugs me about all those tweets, no matter what side of the aisle or what who the intended audience is. It lacks gravity and it feels reactionary. It feels like ah, there's a bunch of people that. Need to know that Jesus is King. I better remind them. I better show them how I'm more helpful than everybody else. Yeah, it's like if you're just the calm center of gravity that's saying Jesus is King. Now let's get to work. I can respect that.
1: Yeah. but if you're just shouting platitudes into the
0: void, then that's something completely different, mm, right? This conversation has gone a lot of different directions. What else do we want to say about occupying the crow? I think I'm. I just want to keep hitting on the issue of maturity as we do it of finding mature voices to listen to and of learning and exhibiting maturity ourselves because i think so much of the problem is just people being reactionary and people being quick and people being immoderate i don't know i mean a young well, man's- well when
1: you do that it it also actually there are so many ways that you contribute to the problem
0: and one of them is
1: uh that you actually play into into falsehoods mm-hmm. right you need everything because you feel the need to be so reactionary. Mm -hmm. You need everything to justify your point of view and your perspective on things. So for instance, you feel the weight of "Eh, actually a lot of smoke out there making this look like fraud. I've got to jump on absolutely every little thing and assume it's all as bad as it could possibly be. You're you're playing into, into the problem.
0: I lack a mature center of gravity, and so if Joe Biden actually won legally, I am going to fly off into space and be sucked up by a black hole. And so I need the media to have perpetrated the greatest conspiracy of all time. That is the only thing that will actually fit the narrative and keep me from flying into a million pieces, yep. dying. I need everything to be as black and white as it possibly can, because otherwise my world falls apart. Yeah, Or vice versa. I need Donald Trump to be the most wicked monster, to be the new Hitler, to be the most racist, misogynist man, whoever lives. Who
1: cares if there was fraud? If there was fraud, it was justified because Hitler.
0: Yeah. Of course, we're going to lie to take down Hitler.
1: Yeah. Because he's Hitler. He's Hitler. I mean, you do what you have to do. We'll go back to being normal, honorable, respectful, truthful citizens once Hitler's disenfranchised.
0: That's how Hitler came to power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are the thing you hate. Yeah. <laughs> well, how how would we boil it down? Maybe that's a good question to ask. So we said Christians should occupy the crow. That's gonna look differently for different people.
1: And as people figure out how to occupy the crow. Mm-hmm. In a mature way, they're going to be more or less immature as they figure it out and find their feet, and that's okay.
0: Yeah, we haven't, um,
1: um, and that's not going to stop us from from calling out immaturity where we see it.
0: Yeah, I want really to say is, it really is okay. A young and man's strength is his glory. Like young men do have time and energy and excitement, and I don't want to stomp all over that. There's a reason yeah. that young men are. The yeah, ones carrying the batons of some of these things.
1: When this fight, when the dust settles, if and when the dust settles of this particular fight, whether that's next week or in December uh, or 79, uh, at the inauguration of the- President Trump. Of Trump's Pres- second President term Pence. or Biden's inauguration as number 46 or Kamala Harris's or whatever, mm-hmm. that same zeal and energy that you have focused and channeled in- engaging this sphere continues to burn in building the church in reforming your own life in in raising strong godly family and engaging in the work of obeying everything jesus commanded building the kingdom of god and improving your community however that looks like been mm-hmm. great i engage with this as far as i'm able and as far as as it's helpful to me and loving God and loving my neighbor. And then I trust that God's a God of truth and I can rest in him and trust him. And you also need to not be shaken when people say basic things to you with real authority and gravity, but without matching your pitch. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Some people say it's okay and they mean lick your lollipop, everything's going to be all right. Every little thing's going to be all right, and some people mean, yeah it it could get really bad. They could come for your kids and they could come for you and put you on a list and wreck your life and even if that happens, it'll
0: still be okay. not to extend this conversation even further, but l- let me just take a big yellow highlighter to something that Jake said inherent in everything that Jake said about the micro, the crow, and the macro is. We are to play the long game you know in our personal life we don't just achieve masterful self-control we work at it every day as we understand the cosmic truths of god and come to enter into those that's the work of a lifetime and as we engage with these things on a personal level and on a societal level as churches as christian units of people we have to be thinking down the road
1: it's uh, it's essential because, I mean, the fact is the Marxists were smart enough to play the long game and here we are. Mm-hmm. It took a hundred years, but they've won. Right. Or they're winning. Now, there are things that we can do right here and now potentially to stem the tide. We need to be willing to do those things and we need to also be working for the long game.
0: Well, and it's like our moral imagination only extends to Lord of the Rings- we, Sauron played the long game, so now we have to muster up the final battle and have the you only live. Uh, what is it? The YOLO meme where, where <laughs> Aragorn, Aragorn's running to, we're going to stem the tride here and now. And that's cool. And God can work that way, and he often does. But also, sometimes when we fight Sauron, we got to play the long game right back. Send some little hobbits out with their ring you and guys see what happens. The king has been
1: playing a really long game. Mm. (laughs) He took a man named Abraham. And then hundreds of years later, he took a guy named Moses. And then David. And then, and then, and then. And then when Jesus came, he gathered 12 disciples. He focused on them. He went out into the crowds. He spent three years. And then it ended with with, uh, the disciples in an upper room praying. And then he started to build the church. And the church for 2,000 years has been transforming the world that we live in. And it has been through the blood of martyrs and it has been through false starts and sin and heresy and fighting of heresy and all kinds of messy, awful things.
2: And careful political strategy, which is the next follow-up episode we're going (laughs) to (laughs) have.
1: (laughs) Where we outline Mm -hmm. the strategy. (laughs) The political strategy that will get us to the millennial kingdom.
0: The 20th century into the 21st century is not a very long game and undoing it, even if it took a hundred years, wouldn't be a very long game. But maybe it'll take a hundred years. Yeah. And that's okay. You don't just cut the head off of every dragon. Some dragons, you you gotta make them sick or (laughs) or whatever.
1: (laughs) That was awesome. In, In the meantime, Indiana is a great place to live. And Indiana is going to stay a great place to live, probably. All things considered, in the history of the world, in all times and places, Indiana in 2020, still one of the best places anybody could ever possibly be. Mm -hmm. And so, there's a lot we can do with that and a lot we can do to protect that.
0: And the same is true of you wherever you're at. Well, we'll come back with more episodes on this subject. And if you have questions or concerns or say, why didn't they cover that? Those guys don't understand
1: the crow at all. (laughs) They're (laughs) not matching my pitch of anxiety and fear and angst. They're urging us to be complacent.
0: (laughs) Panic! Panic! I need to hear more panic in your voice or else I don't believe you. You could get put in a box and that box could be set on fire. Under the Biden administration. Is that panic enough? I mean the Harris administration. The Harris, under the Harris. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Sound of Sanity, produced by me, executive produced by Jake and me. Associate produced by Ben. Until next time. Or no no no, go to until next time. Go to patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity to support this show. Price a cup of coffee a month. You can get additional sanity bites episodes and cool stuff like that. Until next time. Stay safe.